Welcome once again to another episode of Talking Taylor. As always, I'm Danny here with my friend Shauna. Today we are we're nearing the end of this little project. We've only got a couple albums left. So sad, sad day. I I figure we'll resurface to talk about the new re-records whenever they come out. Um so there will be a few episodes down the line somewhere. But anyway, today we are talking about uh, Taylor's 2019 album Lover, which just turned two on Monday uh, from when we're taping this and probably more or less when I'll release it. So, yeah, you got some opening thoughts about this album? Um, It was a vi- like... I don't know. Lover was just a really exciting album to everything about it, like was really exciting, like the release leading up to it. It was I think Lover had the like for me, the most fun lead up to release. So, yeah, she really kind of went the total opposite direction from Reputation, which had almost no hype. Me dropped in like April before the album dropped in in August. So like that's a while. And I know it's not the longest ever gap between a single and an album, but it was it was a while. There was so much hype for the drop of me that I still remember that remember that it dropped April 26th because they had this huge lead up on Instagram and it was just like a whole thing and i it was like i remember like taking off work for the drop of me (laughs) like they hyped it up so much i don't think i've ever been so hyped for a single that's really funny uh no i just remembered just listening to it watching the music video when it came out uh, and then in hindsight, very much regretting not buying one of those like vinyl singles of it, as that would be the only evidence of the old lyrics, which are objectively better. I and so, found one on Facebook and bought it. Oh, nice. That's like going to be. Bucks. Wow, that's awesome. That's valuable. Like that's going to be a valuable thing in the future. Um because weird stuff like that tends to get valuable but yeah i imagine it's already pretty valuable because it was a pretty small run and it's the only evidence of that uh (laughs) lyric so uh yeah so i guess we'll just uh get to talking about the album it's a very interesting one i think uh reputation was like as i said uh last time it's not her strongest album i know that uh, there are some people that really love it but and commercially it wasn't great it didn't get it famously didn't get any like grammys attention and so taylor very much wanted with lover to like put herself back in the pop spotlight And this is also the last album that came out before she turned 30. And so it was very much kind of the, and it came out in 2019. So you're kind of this end of the decade, end of an era. This really was kind of like a 
or I think the the goal of Lover, as I've always perceived it, was to be this definitive end statement on Taylor's career up to the point of being 30, up to the point of the end of the 2010s. So, yeah, she she set a high bar to to do something with that. But I, I think she succeeded. I think that's interesting that you see it as kind of like this moment defining the end of an era, kind of like that sort of thing, because mm -hmm. I always think of it as a beginning because it was her first fully self-owned album. And so I always think of it as like the beginning of that. Yeah. I think that that's a really, a really interesting way to view it. Well, I mean, so I'll, I'll just say, I think if we, if the pandemic hadn't hit, there would have been a pretty long break between a new album because I think we would have gotten at least three, if not all of the re-record albums before she came out. Like she was going to, I think she was going to tour a long time. I think she was going to tour all of fall 2020 and probably all of 2021, like world tour kind of thing on a level that she hadn't done while also working on the re-records. And then well, in like she... 2022, 2023, she'd come back with a new album. And that's what well, I she... think. Yeah. She, with Loverfest, she was doing kind of like a toned down, only a handful of shows because of everything going on in her life. I don't think, she, I think she wouldn't have toured a lot. I think she would have just done the lover what she was going to do for lover fest the small show she did it was like a world thing she was going um global with it but i think it would yeah. have been those small dates and she would have probably done a lot of um tv spots or like you know mm -hmm. awards things like that but i think she would she now that you're pointing it out i really think she probably would have just done that sort of thing but and done the re-records but spent a lot of time at home and we probably it probably would have been a long break between but in terms of, but you don't think you don't think that while so say there's a time she's got the re-records like done and then like staggers their release you don't think that she'd do like a big tour or something during that time i don't solely because okay. the reason that loverfest was so small that she she said was because mm -hmm. of the things going on with her mom's health and her oh family. yeah i forgot about so, i forgot about that yeah, yeah, so the pandemic gave her mm -hmm. that time almost, you mm -hmm. know, to have that time with her family. Whereas if the pandemic hadn't happened, she probably would have made that time for herself anyways. Sure, yeah. But but the, the pulse that I remember from the critics and whatnot when Lover came out was that this was, one, a great album and a really great kind of like end to an era and that we should probably expect a bit of a break before the next one, which is also part of why Folklore, when it came out, was so shocking, not just because of how quickly she'd written the whole thing, but because pretty much everybody that I'd talked to did not think we were going to hear from her for a while, like more than the usual two-year cycle, probably. Um, so with that in mind, let's get to our sort of superlatives or whatever. Uh, what is the biggest song on Lover? Ah, uh, this was hard for me. Oh, I, okay. 
so you need to calm down charted the best but i think lover has more longevity i think in the end lover will be the biggest will outlive the others just because so many people covered it so many art artists other artists heralded it as the beautiful song it is Mm-hmm. And it's just that classic wedding song. Like years from now, people mm-hmm. are still going to be, that's going to be their song. That it's, it's just a classic timeless love song. And I think it's, it just has the better longevity. Absolutely. And that's also the one that, in my opinion, should have won the Grammy for best song. Uh, I think that the Grammys really dropped the ball that year. Not that Bad Guy isn't a good song. Bad Guy is a good song. Bad Guy should have won the Grammy for like record of the year or whatever that privileges there that focuses on production. Lover should have won the one the similar award that focuses on songwriting. I will stand by that continually. Um, and so yeah, I think it has to be Lover. I'm really not sure there are any other viable options i'm not even sure yeah okay it's lover um best deep cut or album cut this was so hard it's a lot of them it's a lot of them the whole album is a bop just the whole it's just it's the whole thing is just like this every single song is a certifiable bop with like almost no like almost no exceptions well i think Um, like two of the singles of the three i'm not counting archer of the three singles aren't like anywhere near the best songs on this album so basically all of the quote-unquote deep cuts can outshine all of the singles except for lover yeah i yeah. decided to go with my personal favorite song on the album because okay. it's my favorite song sure, on the sure. album um i went with miss americana and the heartbreak prince okay um i just mm-hmm. i like the way it throws back to her early music with like high school references mm-hmm. and things like that while also keeping the political voice that she found during the lover era like i just thought it was a very this is Taylor Swift right now where she is in the lover era. Yeah. With kind of song. I don't, I've never, and I can't figure it out exactly. I've never loved the production on that song. I still think it's pretty good. It has grown on me. That was one that I expected to really like. And then the first few times I heard it, I wasn't a big fan of it. It's definitely grown on me. Uh, I still don't think it's like one of the strongest songs here but i do think that it's a a solid song and i like where it fits in the progression of the album um mine is paper rings uh that's my favorite song from this album it's one of my favorite songs that she's done i don't have any good reason for that but it's just so delightfully uh bouncy and energetic and romantic and feels like something that nobody else certainly in the modern pop world but really like at all could possibly put out like it's it's very much a taylor swift song even if it's not exactly in the mode of her like more famous like these are what taylor swift songs are um and it just reminds me so much of like new wave 
in like the early 80s, like the cars or something like that. Uh, and I just like it so much. I, I love the first time I heard the album, that was my favorite song. It's still my favorite song from Lover. It's there such is, a happy song. There has been no change. <laughs> and I love that it fades out. There aren't a lot of pop songs these days that do a good fade out. They either do it bad or they don't do it at all. And uh, and it's sometimes it's fine to not fade. Like not every song has to fade. But a good fade is hard to find. And Paper Rings has one. So uh, track five breakdown. Track five here is The Archer, which was released as not really a single, but still a thing that was before the official album drop. Yeah. The Archer is my favorite track five. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Um, I just, it cuts deep in a different way than a, than a lot of the other track fives. Mm-hmm. But it definitely earns its place as a track five. Mm-hmm. It just... I really, really like The Archer. It, okay. Yeah, just this this one's definitely grown on me i didn't like this song very much uh when it first came out like kind of at all like i really didn't like it um but especially in the context of immediately following the man uh i think it's certainly an effective song it's not one of my favorite track fives though i do really love the very kind of simple Uh, chorus that we have that's just kind of very stripped down and very um yeah just just easy to easy to articulate i think it's a good bridge it's certainly not the best bridge on this album that's full of really really good bridges uh but i do think that the bridge on the archer fits the song pretty well uh in that kind of like simple mode kind of confessional mode that it works in so i think it's a solid track uh it's definitely one that's grown on me uh but it does feel like the right track five for this album certainly there's there's really not any other candidates i'm not even sure i mean afterglow is a little bit track five like maybe but no it's it's got to be the archer so Uh, There is no deluxe version of this album, uh, so we don't have anything to say to that end, uh, except that remember when you bought it and it had like a notebook with it? That's crazy. You mean all four notebooks that I... You bought bought them all, and then I, I tried to get useful advice from you on which one to buy, and you were not remotely helpful to that end. Uh, well, it, it didn't help that I was kind of living out of a truck in Montana when Lover came out. So it's true. <laughs> but you still, but but despite that, you still got them all. Uh, yeah, and it's right here. A, I can, a copy I of can the reach CD, it right here. So, yeah, and an additional copy of the CD because why not? I do think it's funny. This is kind of a weird side point. I do think it's funny. Everything you bought, anything a person bought with Lover came with a digital copy of the album and nothing that came, nothing that folklore did 
even their like expensive cardigans came with a digital copy of the album. And I think that's very strange, but whatever. So. I think it was more because Lover, she was trying to market and it was like, she was actually being, you know, but considering, about it. but considering that like the digital copy, I think it's gotta be a, and maybe we'll talk about this with folklore, but I think it's gotta be a desire to boost Spotify numbers because it was months or like a month, several weeks until the CD shipped for folklore. So any streaming you had to do was either buy an additional digital copy or do it on Spotify. So Taylor Swift was in my most streamed artists last year solely because of that delay. Because after I had the CD, I played the CD iTunes version of it every time. So anyway um background or easter eggs that matter i mean the entire me music video was just easter eggs galore but she really went easter egg crazy with the lover era like release just this is just fun little the swifties are crazy and this just made it worse sort of thing was there was a random mural before she had announced Lover Mm -hmm. that just went up in Nashville. There was Uh nothing tying it to Taylor Swift at all. And Swifties (laughs) everywhere just decided it was about her. A huge crowd appeared while she was Uh on her way there. And she found out that a huge crowd had appeared. And she was like, this has like, it just, she was like, how did they figure this out? Like, because it was literally just some butterfly wings with uh-huh. like different. Oh, I remember it. Yeah. For the album. And, and a crowd appeared because we just assumed that it had to do with her with absolutely no proof. And, and I just. wrong. And we weren't wrong. No. And ever since then, it's been the worst thing ever to be a Swifty because it's like every single time there's a crazy theory, everybody's like, but remember that one time that Easter egg, <laughs> we were actually right. Yeah. So, but. The Lover era had an insane amount of Easter eggs, like yeah, with, release week. and <laughs> With the Easter eggs and the music video for me, I really think this is kind of where the like Swifty reputation, like really kind of calcified into a thing that's at least known in music circles. Uh, it's, it's a running joke when other artists put like a couple of Easter eggs in and their fan base doesn't necessarily catch it. They're just like, we're not Swifties. You've got to walk us to the point here. It's like, all right, fair enough. Um, so yeah, there, there are there are lots of Easter eggs. They are numerous. Um, and they're fun. It's, it's yeah. the whole lover era is just categorized by like fun. Yeah, and I think that that's what was needed after Reputation, which for all its strengths or weaknesses, was not very fun. Certainly not in its album rollout. I mean, it came out in November, I think. Like, it was... And and I think the first single, I'm sure you'll remember, wasn't it like a September release or something? Like, it was... I remember I was already was in August. Kansas. Wasn't, okay, it was August. It might have been, like, late August or something. Okay, that's fair. But, um... I was in Kansas when you need to calm or not. You need to calm down when um, I did something. Not I did something bad. My gosh. Uh, the name, the song. Look what you uh, made me do. That's August. the one. Yeah. 
Look yeah, what you August twenty fourth. Yeah. By the way, okay. two days August ago 24th. was its August twenty five year anniversary. Oh, no, four years. That was twenty seventeen. Oh yeah, four years. Sorry, yeah, okay. I, I was add. like, no, there's, there's no, there is no way the reputation is. Oh my gosh, oh panic moment there. All right, sorry. Four years is still a long time. Ah, uh, that was depressing. All right, songs you'd cut or sequence you'd change. This is the only album that I actually like have an answer for for once. Oh my, it- stop the presses. <laughs> yeah, and it's solely I've discussed this with you before. Mm-hmm. Um and I do Lover's such a weird album for me. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why I have thoughts about it, but I do. Um I would keep almost everything as is because almost all of it's perfect, but I would maybe move me up to um, just after London Boy if it was me with the correct lyrics because otherwise the whole song needs to be cut. Um, (laughs) I will never forget her. That is such a... I mean, you're not wrong, but that's such a strong opinion to have about a throwaway line on the bridge. Like, it should... I'm, I'm totally with you. It shouldn't, but just like on paper, it shouldn't matter as much as it does. Yeah. Like, I will never forgive her. It is the one truly unforgivable musical offense. Like, I will never forgive her. Um, So, yeah. Uh, And then I would maybe try and like swapping the man and you need to calm down or something because it something needs to happen in that bottom mm-hmm. bit yeah if you take me and put it above london boy so it's optical it's nice to have a friend and daylight if you maybe swap you need to calm down and the man maybe it works i don't i i still don't think it does yeah i I feel like the man has to be pretty early in the album it kind of sets the tone for a lot of it i know i'm just trying to find a way to fix no that's fair the the, the back yeah (laughs) like i i would put i would put you need to calm down and me as like deluxe tracks because they real they were fine singles. They just don't fit the album. And I skip them most of the time when I listen through it. Because that's not the flow that I'm in. And so yeah. It just yeah, and if you can't and I I and I hate to say it, but honestly 12 through 14 could just be cut. They could be deluxe tracks because it just it, you don't you so don't perfect. like soon you'll get better i think soon you'll get better is great and i think it fits really well at that spot uh false god could go a number of different places on this album but i don't mind it there but no i mean that's fair it it's weird there's so much of the sequencing of this album like certainly <clears throat> three through eleven that's perfect in a way that Taylor Swift does not usually have perfect sequencing. Like that is not her strength. 
for all of her many, many strengths. That is not one of them. And yet here she achieved it. And then the back end of this album, like forgets that that's a thing that she's capable of. And I don't get it. And it baffled me the day I first heard through the album and it continues to baffle me. Me and You Need to Calm Down just don't feel like songs that are on this album. It physically pains me because it's so perfect and then it's not. Like, yeah, it physically pains me to listen to the album sometimes because I'm like over here like jamming. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever listened to. And then after London Boy, the whole mood just changes. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I could not listen to this right now. And it's not that I don't like the songs because I, in certain settings, do like Soon You'll Get Better. It's just mm-hmm. not necessarily like it's just not a song for me mm-hmm. um i do listen to it i will listen to it mm-hmm. but it's just like once london boy ends it's it's rough until yeah. i until i get to afterglow <laughs> no that's that's fair it's a tough it's a tough stretch um and we're in agreement that me with its current lyrics is just bad through and through like it just needs to go it's literally it could be top five favorite taylor swift songs for me but she took the lyric out and i just i mean i still i still don't think for me i don't like the song very much regardless of of uh of that lyric change i think it's for sure one of the weakest ones here though it is a decent duet like, I feel like they both have some stake in the duet. And usually, especially to this point in Taylor's career, like it had been a running joke that if that your that her duets were not duets, they were like singing background vocals. And there's definitely some more evidence of these like later, certainly with like the re-records of fearless some of those bonus tracks as well as um several on folklore and evermore um so yeah but uh best motif or multiple song theme i struggled with this i kind of thought maybe vulnerability recognizing one's shortcomings and how they affect a relationship embracing them stuff like that because um, she used to be accused a lot of blaming everything on any on everyone else, which if you listen, her discography is 100% not true. Like literally back to December is a very early example, but anywho, mm-hmm. um, she just like, she kind of references like her own shortcomings, like a lot. There's, I know I went psycho on the phone. I never leave well enough alone. There's, uh, the entirety of afterglow is kind of like, I messed up. The archer is examining how, mm-hmm she feels vulnerable in lover she swears to be over dramatic well and she's definitely she has fears and she's definitely like taking ownership too for some of the role that she played in certainly not all of it but i think she understands that in some of her older songs she maybe laid on the victim narrative a little bit too thick and now is trying to like compensate for that a little bit yeah, there's a lot of yeah. that in the album, which I think is funny because she's taking ownership and she owns mm-hmm. the album. So, 
for me, it's just places. I think this album's a lot about place. Uh, you have the idea of the Garden Gate uh, sneaking into a place on Cruel Summer. You have our house, our home. You obviously have the apartment on Cornelia Street. Like, this is very much about the role, and of course, London Boy. This album is very much about the role that places play in relationship, I think. Uh, Specifically, the romantic relationship that plays out over the course of this album. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's my thought about that. Whereas if previous albums such as, or if previous songs like All Too Well were somewhat about place, but more about like objects, the photo album, the scarf, that kind of thing. I think this album is more about the role that place can play in relationships. Um, Belatedly best song. So song that grew on you over time. Afterglow like 100% afterglow I first heard it and I was like okay moved on and now Mm -hmm. it is one of my favorite songs on the album like I well basically the whole album is just my favorite song but (laughs) afterglow is like before was you know just kind of there and now I really appreciate it it's it's I love afterglow for me it's false god I've always thought it was a decent song and I almost said afterglow, but I really did like that one right from the beginning. Um, But especially after the really good Saturday night live performance of this song, this one grew on me a lot. Um, Yeah. It's still not necessarily like one of the best songs on this album, but most of it, I either like instantly loved or it's the singles that I've talked about already that have never really clicked for me. And so like pretty much all of my opinions on this album, I Archer, the Archer did grow on me a bit, but like for the most part, my opinions from the first time hearing this album to now have not changed very much. Um, But false God has grown on me a bit. So I think that is probably the one for me. Uh, next album appetizer, the one that foreshadowed folklore. Um, I hope we have the same answer to me. I think this is pretty obvious, but I'm curious if it is or not. I had a song that I was going to go with because a lot of people say that it's this song. Well, they, they don't say it's the next album appetizer, but they say like <laughs> that it fits well on folklore. Mm-hmm. However, I decided to go with a completely different song for different reasons than most people say. So we probably don't have the same song. No, we definitely don't. So I said death by a thousand cuts because she was in in writing the song inspired by a movie that was inspired by clean, which is really funny. Um, But however, because death by a thousand cuts, she was taking like uh, the conscious effort to write a song from a different perspective. Think you need by media. I think you need to fill in some gaps there for those of us who may have completely lost all of what you just said. Oh, <laughs> so death. Remember, remember a while ago when we talked about background and Easter eggs that matter, 
this kind of thing might <laughs> might have uh, related because I have no idea what you just said. So. Oh, okay. So, Death by a Thousand Cuts was inspired by the net the, by this movie on Netflix called Someone Great, and the okay. director of Someone Great was inspired by the song Clean from 1989. Mm-hmm. And Taylor wow. saw the movie on Netflix and was inspired to write Death by a Thousand Cuts, which is funny because therefore Clean is the result of Death by a Thousand Cuts. And when you listen to Death by a Thousand Cuts with that in mind, you can hear Clean in the song, which is really it's- cool. It's the grandfather paradox of Taylor Swift songs. It's beautiful. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even think of that as an Easter egg because it's just a fact to me. <laughs> I mean, it is a fact. That's fine. It's not what I'd ever heard of or had any knowledge of at all. That's so um, funny. No, it's okay. Uh, but yeah. So I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't on Reddit until July of 2020. So I know everything that everyone has thought about folklore and evermore and only the things that I've picked up by osmosis about the other albums. Um, But that's interesting. I haven't seen something, someone great. I've heard it was pretty good, um, but I haven't watched it. So Uh, my next album appetizer is it's nice to have a friend. Yep. Um, I really, I mean, you have a good reason. This notion of like inspiration, transferring media, like that's solid. Um, But sonically, lyrically, my gosh, this album is, or this song is very, very folklore-like. It feels literally like another part of the song Seven. And so it's also one of my favorite songs on the album. I think it's a really, really good uh late deep cut that uh people should not miss but yeah, yeah i think that you agree with every, like that was that was my first thought <laughs> yeah well and and this is one of the times where it's like i feel like public consensus is right like is objectively right about about this song being the appetizer for folklore uh not just like in hindsight it seems that way but um anyway uh most personally special song i went with the archer i just really relate to it and when it came out i was in a hotel in washington for mct and i just like listened to it over and over like by myself in my hotel room all right (laughs) so it's a rocking friday night right there (laughs) uh or no, she didn't release that. She released that one like the middle of the day, didn't she? She did. It was it was the middle of the day when I was like working. Um, was I it I... on the 13th? No, I think it was before that. No, it was uh, the 23rd of July. It was 23rd just... of July. Okay. Yeah, it was very like random in the middle of the day. Was it like a Tuesday or something? It was a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And yeah, it was she like. Released it. Oh, my word. Because I remember I was sitting at home and people were like talking and hyping about it. And I'm like, it's the middle of the day on a Tuesday or whatever. Like the middle of the week, the middle of the day. What is going on? <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, For me, it's Daylight. I just think it's a really great song. And 
it's come to admittedly like a lot of these songs don't mean that much to me compared to the ones that I heard thousands of times when I was 14 or whatever. Um, but for me, it's daylight. So single best lyric on the album. Okay. Uh, Do you want me to start? Uh, so I got two. I have okay. two. I, I think two. I think two is al- is allowed. Okay. I have to go with um, actually, ironically, a lyric from the Archer and a lyric from Daylight, which okay. was not planned, but it. All right. All right. Um. So. So all of my heroes die all alone. Help me hold on to you. Okay. It's a good lyric. I really, yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, and then in Daylight, I like when um, she, she says, okay, I'm sorry, I have like the, men, I, I think in images and I have to get the actual words out, not the picture in my head of what she's saying. Okay. When she says, maybe you ran with the wolves and refused to settle down. Maybe I've stormed out of every single room in this town throughout our cloaks and our daggers mm-hmm. because it's morning now. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I like how she kind of shows like we have this past. We're so used to like fighting or being different things. And then we come together and it's morning. I, I don't know. It, to me, it feels very going from reputation to lover. Yeah, and it's very much, like, I love the way sonically that hits because you've done the second verse that's pretty much like the first verse, and then you've got this, like, pre-chorus thing that's very much different than the rest of the song that really kind of hits uh, really well. Um, For me, it's, I asked the traffic lights if it will be all right. They say, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just a great, line a great kind of sense of what especially that part of the album is there's so many connections between cornelia street and death by a thousand cuts and i think that that line kind of sums up what that uh kind of does um there are some songs we didn't talk about or didn't uh mention very much i forgot that you existed uh i think this is a pretty good way to start the album it doesn't get a ton of love and i did read of some critics who thought that it was one of the weakest songs here but i think it's decent it's a bop like i mean yeah. you listen to it and you're just like yeah like you jam out i, I, I really it. like to sing along so yeah i think um, it's a good way to leave the reputation era in the past yeah uh the man the man is good song uh oh i've i've got i've got an easter egg uh i i get to i get to offer an easter egg in the man music video uh part of it draws on the relatively obscure 1960s horror movie called repulsion uh I did know that and i don't know if you're the one who told i'm pretty me sure i'm the because like i when that music video dropped i like watched i uh, woke up it had dropped i watched it and i was like hey that's repulsion and I like immediately pulled together the like, see, this is repulsion uh, Instagram post. And uh, yeah, because it is. It's the moment where she's like in the hallway and all the hands are grabbing at her. Um, but I think that's a really solid music video and whatnot. 
uh i think he knows we didn't mention that one oh, that's such a good song too like yeah. it's, uh, lovers just feel like bops like every like almost every song on the album you can just like get down to like you can sing well, along and i can't to... i can't really articulate why but it feels perfectly placed between the archer and miss americana and the heartbreak like i can't articulate why that is but it is uh london boy we didn't talk about great fun high energy uh very quirky song good times. i love london boys so much it just, <laughs> it just brings me so much joy it's yeah. it's great it's so good especially like the beginning with idris elba like <laughs> i love we it can take a ride on my scooter or whatever he says yeah uh yeah I think that's all of them, more or less. We didn't talk very much about Cornelia Street, which feels wrong, uh, considering that it is definitely one of the best songs, or one of the like most signature songs here, I think. In terms of like, if if one were to go to a concert and for her to play a random song from Lover, that's definitely one that you've got your like fingers crossed that she's gonna play. Yes. Um, chorus is beautiful. Bridge is beautiful. I love the yeah. way the instrumentation kicks in on the second verse. Uh, Something a lot of people said when Lover came out that was Cornelia Street is like if all too well had a happy ending. Yeah, and I think that's a good way of framing. And I think Cornelia Street, that spirit of Cornelia Street permeates so much of this record that makes the whole album kind of feel like all too well adapted in light of hindsight. Whether it's the posture taking toward it whether it's as already noted the change between spaces and objects i feel like a lot of this album is kind of uh the spirit of all too well adjusted because love so and finally your album grade for lover it's an a it can't be an a plus because of that atrocious 12 through 14 run yeah i won't i won't throw out the whole run as atrocious as as you know i like false god uh and i like soon you'll get better uh it's an a for me as well um there's an a plus album here probably if you just dropped me and you need to calm down but uh yeah so that has been talking taylor uh, next time we'll talk about folklore and that'll be fun. So till then.